What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today on the show, joining me is Jeff Duncan. He is the VP of Marketing at Property Force. We get into a cool conversation talking about really how the little things matter. And if you just do a little bit more than what you're doing right now, then it's really easy to stand out because the competition isn't. The competition isn't putting in that little extra effort. So we talk about that. We talk about using data and how it can be your friend, how to look and actually pull out valuable insights and then apply them to your business. So this was a uh, fun one. I think you can learn a lot from Jeff and there's a lot of actionable takeaways. But before we get into it, as always, Mind Your Marketing Podcast is brought to you by us over here at Cave Social. We're an agency that helps companies grow with social media. So if you're feeling stuck on social, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, reach out. We'd love to uh, chat and see if we can help you. All right, sit back, enjoy this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Joining me today is Jeff Duncan. He is the VP of Marketing over at Property Force. Jeff, how you doing? I'm great, Jordan. How are you? I am doing well. I can't complain. Sun's out here in LA. I know you're uh, you're on the other side of the country over in Florida. It's always nice in Florida, though. So it's a beautiful day today. Yeah, it's <laughs> like most days. Yeah, you, you can't beat it. Now. I'm excited to talk about Property Force, what you all do in there. But before we do that, I want to pass the mic to you and let you kind of tell your journey. How'd you find your way to this company and get into marketing overall? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah. So I'm the VP of marketing for Property Force. Uh, Essentially, what we do is we purchase properties from homeowners and we find great properties for investors who can't find deals on the MLS. They can purchase properties for us, off-market real estate deals, and we provide them with great return opportunities via fix and flip or rental opportunities. As far as my personal journey, so I've been with Property Force for about three years. Primarily, I handle marketing technology and analytics at at the company. Prior to that, I worked for about 10 years in casino marketing, of all things. So worked for a couple of large gaming companies, MGM Resorts International and Penn National Gaming, really specializing, I would say, over the course of my career in CRM, analytics, strategy, but probably the latter part of my career have been focused on branding, digital marketing, throughout the course, a lot of technology, you know, pretty much everything these days in marketing is, you know, marketing technology and how things are integrated with one another. So yeah, um, now doing the real estate game, and it's been really fun, you know, completely different industry than what I was used to previously. But real estate is going really well, especially in Florida. And yeah, it's, it's been a great journey so far. Talk to me a little bit, right? So you're working in gaming and I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think a very long one, but to say that big data and being able to pull insights, it was super important in those experiences in MGM and in Penn, yeah. for instance. Yeah, it, it's really important. So there is a lot of data and you can get really, really lost in all the data. Those companies you know, track everything, right? Every transaction, things that even are not transactions will get logged. So there are data points for, for a lot of things. So it's a matter of identifying in all of that data, what is the most important and compelling data points, and then taking those data points and then creating strategies based on the opportunities that you may see. So what I've found leaving the gaming industry is that is something that all companies need anymore, right? It's it's not so much about what the industry is. It's really about the ability to identify problems and then solve them through understanding what your data is telling you. And that's what I've been able to bring to, to Property Force. Yeah, I was going to say, like taking that thinking must be 
or that approach must be so powerful when you come into property for us now and you're able to say, okay, here's all these numbers, but here's really what they mean, right? And gaming companies in any large organization understanding like, hey, let's tap into consumer motivations. Let's tap into their behavior to actually start to make some predictions based on previous behavior. Now, obviously, it's a little different weekend in Vegas versus buying an investment property. But talk me through, because you said there's so many numbers and you can get lost in it. Now, Property Force, I see on the LinkedIn, there's 35 or so people on the team, correct? That's right. Yeah. We're a smaller company uh, striving to be uh, a big, bad giant someday. Yeah. And you have to excuse me, a bird just flew into our window. So I was like, what? Um, <laughs> That's what happens um, in California. Listeners. Yeah. Listeners, just so you know, I went, I lost my train of thought there for a second because that happened. But no, you're striving to be exactly, you want to move and be one of those big players. But has there been anything you've had to do to kind of boil things down more to be like, okay, hey, these are the three data points that we're really going to focus on opposed yeah. to the thousand when you kind of get into that smaller, you know, we're a small business ourselves, And I like, yeah, there, we can get lost in it if we try to do everything. So I'm interested said to hear your thoughts on like, how do you focus when there's so much data? Yeah, Jordan, that's, that's a great question. So I think for us, it's really understanding like what the levers are to your business. What are the most important things that you can pull? And before you even have done any analysis, thinking to yourself, if I, if I am able to really understand these levers and I'm able to put in, you know, solutions in place, knowing how much I should pull the lever down or up, right? What happens then to the business? And for us, something that we found is really focusing on, you know, sales conversion analytics. So, you know, we in marketing track, you know, everything in terms of where leads are coming from, a lot of lead generation, where leads are coming from, how much a lead costs, you know, what channels are successful, why, all that. But once it hits our sales team, right, marketing can't stop there, right? Marketing can't just be concerned about once a lead hits the sales floor. Marketing has to be concerned about what happens to that lead and ultimately, you know, what happens at the end of the day? Have we converted on that lead? And what happens downstream? So what I've been focusing on is a lot of sales conversion analytics, even to go as far as you know, channel by agent, understanding you know area of where we're performing well and not so well. And then once you understand all that and you have all, all the data and you've created the analytics for it, it's so much easier to put in solutions because you're able to quickly identify opportunities and identify areas where you're doing really well, right? So that's been a huge focus is really focusing on sales conversion analytics. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Like looking at, because otherwise you're going off hunches and to be able to say, okay, what's actually here, you know, giving us positive ROI, either both as a leading metric or as a lagging metric. And we look at that and say, oh, maybe something that we thought initially wasn't going to work, mailers or something. And it turns out that channel, we actually have some attribution in place and whoa, it's not dead or it could be anything, email, you name it. I think another thing you said there, which is for your listeners to think about in your own marketing plan is think of levers, right? And you want to turn stuff on and off and then see how sales correlate with that. Because not everything is a direct tie to conversion, especially in something where it's like a fix and flip home where for listeners, if you don't know, if you want to buy real estate that you're going to fix and flip, you got to put 20% down on an investment property to get in. So it's a substantial amount of cash, especially if you're first time in the game. So, you know, these people aren't going to willy-nilly throw 30000 40000 down without doing some research. So they might come check out a site, come back, et cetera. So you have to then kind of do, to your point, look at this data, look at how do we have this attribution, then great, we hand them over to sales. And now how's our entire sales process working? And- yeah. 
I think on the end of that too, does this customer become a repeat buyer through our messaging after the sale? Are they now an evangelist talking to other real estate investors trying to get them on board? Like there's so much that can be done and learned from one sales cycle, right? From that first touch point all the way through, I would say that post-conversion, right? It's not, we're uh, in your case, like you're not selling a chocolate bar where we hope that it's yeah. like, you know, it, it's a pretty serious decision. I think that is something that makes it so fascinating to me, like getting into the consumer, into their head and trying to be predictive and use these analysis on such a major purchase because they're not playing around, right? Yeah, you're look, you're spot on and, and- you know, we have to handle two sides of the business, right? Because we're acquiring properties from homeowners. A lot of our marketing is directed towards the homeowners, but we also have to have marketing on the investor side to, to get more investors and investors who want to do business with us. On the homeowner side, what we found also is there's a lot of sales enablement that has to happen too. You know, there's a lot, a lot of like smoothing out of processes, you know, for the sales team so that leads can ultimately get converted at a higher rate, right? A lot of times, maybe everything is working great. Like, you know, the vehicle is running really well. Everything is working wonderfully. Leads are coming in. Campaigns are performing exceptionally well. But sometimes what's held us up in the past is the fact that sometimes our processes have been a little clunky. So working through the processes actually helps the conversion on the marketing side. Ultimately. So that's where, you know, kind of following things downstream really makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting, too, because some of those things you might not have seen or thought of right away get identified. buy the data to go, oh, look at our drop-off point there. Look at, we had unnatural amount of people leave the funnel at this page. Oh, turns out the link's broken on that page or (laughs) (laughs) whatever it may be, right? I love when you get those like, those moments when the data suddenly becomes like the spreadsheet becomes the painting kind of. That's right. Right? Where you're starting to Sometimes it just, it points to you and you're like, I should have always known this. I should have always <laughs> known that this was true. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that that's real. And then and then once you see it, you're like, okay, now I can make an informed decision and start to iterate, iterate, and iterate. Yep. I think that's uh, that's so cool. And I, I love where you said you have two parts too, right? You have one, which is going out and get, convincing people to, hey, you let us buy it. Yeah. We're the right person for you. And then the other side, which is, yeah, finding those buyers who want to come in and actually take that on, especially... Well, not this year, but usually when there's a decent inventory um, out there. That's right. So I guess walk me through, right, particularly like what levers, you know, are are working for you all? Is it paid? Is it content? Is it PR? Like what's what's been the thing that's been really the Kickstarter of growth? Yeah, that is the question. I will say, and this is kind of the default answer for a lot of marketing people, but it all matters, right? Mm. It it all matters, but not to just leave you with the cop-out answer. So I think the real answer is, Paid digital has worked really well. You know, our paid channels have worked very well. You know, for all of the uh, words that, that we've probably all heard about direct mail, direct mail is still an extremely viable and bread and butter kind of channel. And at a time when a lot of people or companies are pulling out of direct mail, you know, budgets are being shifted to digital, it leaves a little bit of an opening. You know, there's a little bit less noise in the mailbox for, you know, consumers to, to be distracted by. So that's been a good channel. But paid's been very good, I think. You know, I think the challenging thing there is just staying on top of, you know, what platforms are, are you know, making us in the housing category uh, do. Uh, we are we are restricted, you know, just, you know, based on some of the changes that, say, Facebook have, have recently implemented. And that, that continues to be a challenge. But, you know, look, we, we roll with the punches. And I think we, we're figuring that out as time goes on. But paid has been really, really good for us, especially to kick off 2021, which makes me you know, kind of bullish about it. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like a couple things there. Our own example, we send out mailers. I send out handwritten notes. 
Right? Okay. I send out handwritten notes to every single person who comes on the show. You're going to get one from me, right? Probably in a, like when it goes live, I'll send out the note. But that's how we cut through the noise with a thank you handwritten note. We send it to our client. We send it to everybody because yep. I know that I could advertise to you for cheaper, quote unquote, for an impression on Facebook, what have you. But we don't know. This is where impressions, are, not all impressions are created equal because a handwritten note, yeah, sure, that's one impression. But the care that takes into that note that's going to go, the brand sentiment that's going to come from that is way higher than Spot anything on. that's going to be some Facebook ad you go by or a, a pay-per-click. Now, I think you need to do both. And I think to your point, things have, they all fit in their place, right? How it comes in. And I think paid, I think paid is amazing for generating sales. I think then the product, product marketing team are the things that are going to turn people into really brand evangelists for you and repeat customers. Because you can, I've worked with a couple of these companies who they spend millions of dollars on paid advertising, but their product, they net, their product is crap. And they're always in a challenger brand position and they never take over an A seat because they're focused just on like, you know, cost per click and they don't ever evaluate the process. They don't ever look at the whole sales process. So I think, you know, you're, you're spot on there with like, okay, paid is getting us leads, but let's also, like you said at the start, look at our entire sales process, right? And look at it's, what's happening in there. You really hit on the nail on the head, which is it's kind of quality touch points that marketers don't, we don't track that and analyze it and make decisions based on that too often across the industry, right? It's a very broad statement, but it's very difficult, right? It's it's really challenging to compare, you know, to identify what is a quality touch point and what's kind of a lower quality touch point. But I think the struggle of like trying to to work through that is where the magic can sometimes happen, right? I mean, you sending handwritten, you know, cards, that's so important. That's a quality touch point. And who cares if that costs you whatever? That could cost you $2 a unit. I don't know what it costs you, but it could cost you $5 a unit. I don't know. But how many low quality touch points would you have to have to get the same sort of you know response ultimately? And I bet it's a lot more. And there's also, when you have those low quality touch points, there's a chance that the customer or the potential customer or the person that you just want to get in front of might be... One, it might be a negative touch point. Two, the thing with social, and you never under you never know, is and I look, I'm a social, I own a social media ad agency, so I, I'm a big believer in it. But I'm also aware of the fact that there could be a story that pisses off somebody, and then right below it is your ad, and now they're in an aggravated state right when they see your ad because their uncle said something racist above above your ad, and it's like, <laughs> not to say that like it couldn't happen in a real life scenario, all those things, but like. You know, you just never know. And I just think that when we're playing a game as marketers of, hey, let's take our best shot for our message to resonate, for ourselves to be memorable, say you're applying for a job, anything. It's like, let's take that best chance to be memorable. And I think that just doing a little bit extra um, is something that really increases those valuable touch points, even though it might cost a couple more dollars, you know, per impression, so to speak. That's right. Yeah. Look, look that that's what people are looking for. You know, you, you got to do the things that others are not willing to do, right? And that's how you cut through the clutter. That doesn't always mean spending a little bit more. Sometimes it, it can mean even spending less, but it's sort of figuring out how you get through to that person in a, in a unique way that's memorable and means something to them. That That's obviously you know, key. Yeah. And you can, like you said, it doesn't have to be expensive. I saw the name of the company escapes me, but they're a software company. And the CEO sends a personalized video to everyone who signs up. Not one of those like made up personalized ones that you you know you can tell is fake. The guy literally makes a Zoom recording, thanks you, talks about your business like a thirty second thing. Yep, that doesn't cost a ton, but it's to your point. Like it's just so much more than what everybody else is doing right now. That it ends up going such a long way. 
It's true. I mean, look, I, you know, going back to my days in gaming, you know, we'd put on concerts at, at uh, you know, gaming facilities, right? And to make a positive impression that was unique, you know, I'd go down and shake people's hand as they're entering the door. I'd hold the door open, you know, thank them for coming out. Those are, those are positive impressions that other people are not willing to do. But if you go out on a limb and you, you try to get yourself out there, get out of your comfort zone and make it really all about them and their experience, it, it goes a long way with people and, and they come back, they're repeat buyers. And I think that goes for honestly any industry. It's just doing a, something that's a little bit different so that it's memorable and it's it really works you know, well for them. I love it. And I think that's where I want to wrap this up. And everyone who's listening, just look at your marketing, look at your plan, look at what you're doing. How can you do just a little bit more? It doesn't have to be a massive laborious task, but how can you do a little bit more to really stand out? Jeff, thanks so much for coming on today. Before I let you go, let people know where can they connect with you online and learn more about Property Force? Sure. So you can always hit me up via email at gduncan at propertyforce.com. Visit our website if you have interest in off-market investment properties at propertyforce.com. Jordan, thanks so much. This has been so much fun. Really appreciate the invite and coming in. Thank you to the listeners. Really appreciate it. Awesome. And thanks so much, Jeff, for coming on. Everybody, I'll put the links to that in the show notes so you guys can go and connect with Jeff and check out what Property Force is doing. Until next time, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Take care. Um,